0: Some of you have probably heard this before, but it bears repeating today. If a priest preaches more than ten minutes, they say he's long-winded. If his homily is short, they say he didn't prepare it well. If the parish funds are in the black, they say he has business savvy. If he mentions money, they say he's money-mad. If he visits his parishioners, They say he's nosy. If he doesn't, they say he's a snob. If he has dinners and bazaars, they say he's bleeding the people. If he doesn't, they say there's no life in the parish. If he takes time in the reconciliation room to advise sinners, they say he takes too long. If he doesn't, they say he doesn't care. If he celebrates Mass in a quiet voice, they say he's boring. If he puts emphasis in his words, they say he's an actor. If he starts Mass on time, they say his watch must be fast. If he starts late, they say he's holding up the people. If he's young, they say he's inexperienced. If he's old, they say he ought to retire. I guess that last one applies to me now. (laughs) Probably a few of the others do as well, but we won't go there in the Samalim point of that little reflection, of course, my brothers and sisters, is that sometimes people have expectations of their priests and religious leaders that are excessive and unrealistic. Not even St. Peter or St. Paul could live up to them. And sadly, these unmet expectations sometimes cause people to leave the Church and abandon their Catholic faith. And in some extreme cases, to lose their faith in Jesus entirely, and perhaps even to abandon their belief in God. Just the other day, a woman emailed me about a priest who embarrassed and humiliated her publicly. This didn't happen locally, let me make that clear. Thanks be to God, it didn't happen here in Westerly. But she was honest about the fact that she was so deeply hurt by what he did that she was tempted, for a moment at least, to abandon her faith entirely. Thankfully, she didn't. But others have, in similar circumstances. The problem of religious leaders who don't practice what they preach is nothing new, and it's not peculiar to the Catholic Church in 2017. Every religious group has experienced it including the Jews of the first century, as Jesus makes clear in this gospel text we just heard from Matthew 23. Our Lord says there, the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. One note of clarification here. There was not literally an old chair around from the time of Moses that the scribes and Pharisees took turns sitting on. This chair in this text is a symbol. It's a symbol of authority, a symbol of the legitimate authority that the scribes and Pharisees had in the Jewish community at the time. Now we employ the very same symbolism in the Catholic Church today when we use the word cathedral to describe the principal church of the diocese. Our cathedral, of course, is in Providence, the Cathedral of Saints Peter and Paul. It's a beautiful church. I hope you've been there at least once. If not, make a special trip. It's well worth it. The English word cathedral comes from the Latin word cathedra, which means, literally, seat. A cathedral, therefore, is the place where the bishop has his seat, which is literally a chair the big presidential chair in the middle of the sanctuary, which only he is allowed to sit in during Mass. Are you aware of that? Only the bishop is allowed to occupy that chair. If I or any other priest celebrates a Mass in the cathedral, we have to sit in another chair. Because only the diocesan bishop possesses the authority that the cathedra, the big chair, symbolizes. The scribes and the Pharisees taught the people the Mosaic law. So in a certain sense, they possessed the authority of Moses among the first century Jewish community. They had that legitimate authority. So Jesus tells his disciples, because of that, you must obey them. The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you but do not follow their example. They preach, but they do not practice. I think Jesus would say something similar to us today when we encounter an uncharitable priest, or bishop, or deacon, like that woman did whom I mentioned earlier in my homily. He'd say, yes, you must obey them when they tell you to live the gospel, but don't do the things they do. This is a very important message for all of you to take to heart because God does not want your faith damaged or destroyed by an unpleasant encounter with Father Pharisee or when your parish priest falls short in some way and doesn't meet your expectations. And it can be destroyed in such circumstances, as I said earlier, especially if your expectations are excessive and unrealistic. Which leads to a very interesting question. What should you expect of your priests? What are some realistic expectations you should have of your clergy? Here are a few of them that I think you should have. I wrote these down the other day. Number one, you should expect your clergy to believe, and not just in God and Jesus, but also in everything that the Catholic Church authoritatively teaches to be revealed by God. Basically, that means everything in the Bible and in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. That's what we expect of converts, do we not? They have to profess that faith when they are accepted into the Church. So it shouldn't be too much to expect the same thing from our clergy. You should also expect your priests, and deacons, and bishops to teach those doctrines that are in the Catechism and not their own personal opinions to their congregations. Number two, you should expect your bishops, priests, and deacons to acknowledge the fact that they're sinners, on the same pilgrimage that you're on, like Pope Francis did when he was elected to the papacy a few years ago and was asked to describe himself. Do you remember that? He answered very simply, one sentence, I am a sinner. That kind of humility goes a long way in ministry. Number three, you should expect your clergy to avoid scandalous behavior and to pursue holiness in their personal lives. That's basic Christianity 101. That applies to everybody, incidentally, not just to the clergy. Number four, you should expect your clergy to be obedient to the authorities that God has placed over them, especially their bishops. Some priests, unfortunately, are not obedient to their bishops, and yet those same priests expect their parishioners to be obedient to them. That's wrong. That's way out of order. Number 5. You should expect your bishops, priests, and deacons to have the courage To address the hard issues of the day, like abortion and euthanasia and so-called gay marriage. In other words, you should expect them not to be spiritual wimps. Number six, you should expect them to avoid opulence and materialism. Number seven, you should expect them to live simple, detached lives. Number eight, you should expect them to care about the poor and those in need. Number Nine, you should expect them to be men of prayer who pray even about their ministry. You need to pray about their ministry so that God can help them to see what they 're doing right and what they 're doing wrong and what He wants them to do next. You should always be trying to discern the will of God for our people as pastors and priests and Finally, number ten, you should expect them to be men devoted to the sacraments of the Church. Those are all reasonable expectations, realistic expectations. There's nothing outlandish or excessive about them. So in closing, I simply ask you all to pray. Pray for us. Pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons in the Church today. Pray that we will meet or exceed all of these expectations in everything that we do. And if we fail to meet them from time to time because of our human weaknesses, like the scribes and Pharisees failed, please do not give up on your Catholic faith. And certainly, don't stop praying for us Because that's precisely when we need your prayers the most.